0: Welcome to thrill bitcoin Welcome to thrill bitcoin
1: She turned my vinyl into ashtrays, but she don't even smoke. An expensive way to play an impractical joke. An unhealthy dose of reality to bring me back down. From my horse and I've been riding around She don't want to talk Like a ration on a door She hide herself away And joined a heartbreak Cool Well, you got to prove your point now Got my attention So say your piece while you can And we'll have an intervention Cause logic's hard to come by When you're blinded by tears And rationale don't mean a thing But you can't face your fears she don't wanna talk Like a rationale
2: I think I released my first song at the end of 2022. And it feels like forever ago because things move so quickly. Um, you know, so much has happened last year. Um, but no, I, I started um, music, uh, doing music, you know, at the age of like five or six. Um, started doing all classical stuff, really. And that was like my foundation. And then when I got to sort of teens, I picked up a guitar. Did your parents encourage
0: you with the, crea- like, yeah. I feel like there's always one person that in- encourages people with the creativity stuff. Was there somebody Absolutely. in your life that did that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So both my parents are musical, but my dad, especially, he plays guitar. He writes songs. So, you know, I was hearing him play from a very young age. And uh, I thought it was really cool that he wrote his own songs and I wanted to do a similar thing. So he taught me a few chords on the guitar, and then I took it from there and kind of taught myself the rest. And uh, didn't start writing really until I was like, you know, late teens, and I had something to say. Uh, and like all, you know, early songs that anyone writes, they were pretty shitty. And I, I hope that they never get heard again. Uh, <laughs>
0: but um, no, I'm pretty sure they're great, dude. You're you're an amazing songwriter. I'm sure, they're great.
2: Um, so yeah. And then just kind of, I've been honing my craft ever since and just building up a fan base mainly here in the UK. Uh, and it's, it's just a slow grind, you know, you, you've just got to, the way I want to build my career, I'm, you know, I'm taking a low time preference. I'm trying to do it in the right way. And I'm trying to build a fan base one gig at a time, uh, one tour at a time. And, um, I guess sort of last year really was my first headline ticketed you know, tour of the UK with a band. And, um, you know, I, I guess COVID and all that stuff knocked me back a few years cause it's like everything just disappeared. All the work went and it's kind of like, it took the wind out of everyone's sails. Um, so, cause it's kind of a momentum thing, you know, you build a momentum every year and then it was quite hard starting again after that. But, um, yeah, this year is looking like, it's going to be exciting. A lot of stuff in the diary. Um, but yeah, and then I kind of like got into the value for value stuff at the end of 22. Um, and I kind of, it's funny, like it's taken me a while to realize that it's still so early. Like I thought it was bigger than it is, you know, uh, and I had a bit of FOMO and I was like, oh, everyone's going to be doing this in like six months from now. And, but you're um, like the Bitcoin musician
0: though, Joe. Like, like, I don't, like I, No, seriously, like, who else do I know that is doing it on at your level though? I mean, tell me, maybe there there's other artists, but eventually yeah. people are just going to say like, you're the guy who kind of kicked this whole thing off.
2: I don't know, I guess like Ainsley uh, and Just Loud with that concert they did um, got a lot of attention. It was really successful, which is awesome. And um, they're doing great stuff over in the States. But yeah, I, I I didn't really have a plan to to be associated with this. I just saw the idea and I thought like, this makes complete sense. Um, and I've got to get behind this because, you know, myself included, but I know every other artist that I speak to are just so disenfranchised with the way that the industry is. And everyone knows the problems, but doesn't really have a solution um, or doesn't have, you know, any idea of a way out.
0: Can you do, uh, can you talk about that? Can you talk a little bit about what those kind of... Um, you know, those friction points are for, for an an artist or a musician as talented as you?
2: Yeah. So when you're an independent artist, you kind of like acting as everything, really your own label, your own publisher, you you know, you have to produce the album or whatever you're doing yourself. Um, and it's kind of like, it's a strange thing where at the end of the, at the line, when you have the final product, um, it's, it's a weird paradigm now. You're only going to make any money back on that investment. Uh, And, you know, albums aren't cheap to make. Like this last album that I put out cost me a lot of money. So Mm -hmm. you're kind of wondering, like, how am I going to make this back as an independent artist without a big label and a big budget behind me? So the main way really is just still physical merchandise, like selling albums at shows, um, selling T-shirts and stuff like that. Um, and that's great, but that's only got so much reach. Like you can only obviously sell to your potential audiences, how many people you can attract to your live gigs. Um, and then as soon as it's online as well, it's technically free as soon as it touches the internet. Uh, but then you can't not be on the internet. You can't not put it on Spotify. You can't not put it on YouTube because you're massively curtailing like your potential audience as well. So it's a double-edged sword in that way. Um, but basically, um, this new technology is just offering a new way for people to release their music on their own terms for the first time, and it's like fan to to artist, uh, you know, direct peer to peer payments. So it just clicked for me. As soon as I got that, I was like, right, how do I promote this as much as I can? How do I get the word out? How do I get other people fired up about it? Uh, I'm always tweeting, and I'm on you know NOSA and I'm tweeting about it, and I'm saying. I'm just kind of like yelling at other artists, like, come on, get on this. Um, I bet a lot of people think I have some sort of affiliation with Wavelate cause I just talk about them so much, but I'm like, I'm not, I just love what they're doing. They're build, they're doing great stuff and I want to champion them, uh, because I think, um, you know, every artist shouldn't toil and struggle away, uh, and spend all this money producing incredible art for Spotify to take, to take it all.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, just speaking for myself, like, you know, I tried doing music stuff like in my, in my late teens and early twenties, and we did a little bit of traveling and we released a couple EPs and stuff like that. Then I moved to Austin and tried to get involved in the music scene here and was able to help out people and all that kind of stuff. And very similar to what I do now. It was just like helping out other people with their projects. And uh, I released a couple of like solo albums with some great musicians. And it, it, but, it, but it, yeah, it was like over time I realized it was like, oh, like I have to take it another level that I just, didn't think I could do. It just felt insurmountable. So to, to see you doing what you're doing and, and you, uh, like get people behind you like myself and other people in the space, it's really inspiring. Cause it's like, yes, we can finally give the artists the freedom and the recognition and the money that they deserve. So.
2: Yeah. And what, what kind of excites me, it's still really early days and I don't want to when I talk about this to other people and other artists, I don't want to make any false promises about about how much anyone can make from this because it's still very new. Uh, but what I think it offers in the long term is a way for the middle ground that's been lost um, for like the mid tier artists, not the huge stadium artists, and you know not the, not artists sort of playing pubs and little bars, but like the sort of mid tier artist that's kind of disappeared because they've been squeezed out of the game because like that revenue that used to come from the the recorded side of the music has disappeared basically. Um, so now it's all about live, you know, and it's great, it's great to tour. It's great to, to gig. Uh, but if we can bring back that other, the actual recorded music itself is almost now it's like seen as a lost leader. You put an album out for free or whatever like just not expecting to get anything back from it and hope that people will listen to it and want to come to your live show um so if we can bring back that middle ground and and kind of like bring it back into a sort of like a a realistic perspective for artists that are starting out like if you can get you know five to ten thousand over over like your lifetime if you can get like five thousand core fans like really diehard fans which isn't like an impossibility like that's that's a, that's an achievable goal if you can get that many people and they can be just zapping you on wave or whatever they use you know a few dollars a year that's that's a living for you know you can make that work and it suddenly brings back uh, a realistic model again for people and gives gives young artists hope you know that they can actually make a career with it so that, that's the most exciting thing for me it's not like I'm thinking anyone's going to be buying like private jets <laughs> with the sats that are sent to them, but it's just bringing back that middle ground that's been lost because of the Spotify's and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, if that the, makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense, and I think this is where I think you were kind of a you were kind of ahead, and you kind of saw it before a lot of other artists. And it's interesting because like me, like doing this podcasting gig part time, and you know, you you make anywhere between fifty to a hundred thousand sats per month, right? just, just passively not doing anything other than just releasing podcasts every week. And I would imagine like, if you held on to that over, over the course of a year or two, that's some serious Bitcoin, right? That's some serious Bitcoin that can, that if you have that HODL mentality can turn into, you know, a, a lot of, um, you know, future fruit that for, for you and your family or whoever. So that's kind of my mindset when it comes to doing this stuff. And I think you totally get that. And I think once artists understand the low time preference approach to creating art or creating music in their lives. And uh, like you said, over time, maybe it won't happen in the first year or even the second year, but by the third or fourth year of you continuously doing this, being consistent the way you are, it, it's going to be like, Oh wow. So you, you have all this Bitcoin that you were able to hodl and now you're just living off the fruit of, uh, of your labor. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um- Absolutely, I forgot where I was going to go with the next point. Um, sorry, carry on.
0: No, no, that, that's what I was going to say. I, I think when I first saw your 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 post was on Stacker News. It got shared on Stacker News, and oh, then yeah. that's when I saw it. And I was like, Keon, did you see this? Like, this guy's doing this on like Fountain with like RSS, and it's it pretty amazing. And then Wave Lake got introduced, and and, and all that stuff, and and it was really cool because now you have some musicians and great engineers and creative artists like Sam like now really helping people like yourself. And to me that's where I think it's going to be where the real magic is going to happen. I think this I think this I think this next cycle that we're coming in, I think pe- more people like yourself are going to get it and it's just going to be inevitable uh that it just hits the mainstream culture. So
2: yeah, no, I totally agree. And what I was going to say before was that um that I'm not trying to sell people on the idea of, of Bitcoin itself. I'm just saying that this way of releasing your music is just one extra platform, one extra thing you have to do when it comes to releasing it. And you have the potential to start earning, you know? Yeah, give us um, a
0: strategy behind, and- behind that. Like, let's say you just released that Jetson song. What was your strategy behind it? Because I know you, you you ranked in the top 10 um, at Wavelake. So like, what was your strategy behind that release?
2: So basically I just, and I'm going to do this going forward with all my releases from now on. It's just, you know, release it early on, on Wave Lake and let people have early access to it on there and and all RSS platforms, um, any, any value for value platform basically. Um, and I think that that strategy has to come from the artists, the artists, because it's not going to necessarily come from the fans, right? The fans are going to just go where the, where their favorite artist music is. And if the artist turns around and says, look guys, Spotify's not giving me anything like I, I appreciate that you're listening to our music, but Hey, if you listen over here on this platform, you've got the potential to, to send me a little bit of value if you like what I do. Um, and it's definitely going to be a grassroots thing. It's going to come from the independent artists first. Like the, the labels are going to be the last, I think to get on board with this, unless it gets really serious really quickly. Uh, because they're all, they've all got stake in Spotify now, you know, they're bought into it. Um, so yeah, it's definitely going to be grassroots and it's going to come from the artists the the independent artists, but that's, that's great. You know, we want to get in there first. So
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. How do you think the, how do you think the live shows will kind of play a part in this? Do you think there'll be more zapping that happens during live shows and stuff like that? Like, how do you think that will play out?
2: I think the live thing is still really unexplored. Uh, And it was great to see what Ainsley and JustLoud did the other day. That was an incredible amount of Bitcoin that they got sent with that. So that's just showing the potential of it straight away. Uh, It's really like untapped uh, market and it's just like ripe to be explored. Um, But I'm I'm really interested in the live value idea. Um, Like even... I think it'd be so cool to, to have a festival. I know you're speaking to, to Sam and Michael about this. And if Somebody will out, do it,
0: right? Yeah. Somebody has to do it. I don't want to do it, be- but I will do it if no one does it.
2: Yeah. And like, if you could, you know, if you said to people, Hey, you can come along for free, come along to the festival for oh, free. Wow. Go to each stage and watch the artist. They'll, they'll have a QR code behind them. And if you like them, Hey, like it's, you're going to be socially not pressured, but like, we're going to be looking at you saying, look, you know, The artists aren't here for free, like zap them if you like what they're doing. And I think that could be really interesting, you know, and people could, maybe you could make it public, see how much people are being sent, maybe not, but I don't know. I think there's a lot to be explored there.
0: Yeah. Um, Even if you did like a battle of the bands, just like in your local town or something, right. And you just have, whoever had the most sets at the end of the night won the, I don't know if you remember those, but I remember those growing up. There'd be like a battle of the bands kind of thing.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a battle of the bands with Sats. Yeah. That'd be a cool idea. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because it, it makes you wonder. Like, yeah, you come in, everything is just denominated in Bitcoin, and then you're you're zapping Sats there. Even the artists are coming on their own dime, and then they get they get paid out with the the zaps that they earn on the show. Uh, it you really could split. be a value yeah. for value festival. Totally.
2: Yeah, you have splits with all the bands. You know.
0: Oh yeah. Even with the ticket sales too, right? Like if you do ticket sales, you could totally do the splits with their, with that as well too.
2: Yeah.
0: Gosh, we're so early. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. It makes you wonder like what the, uh, yeah. What the possibilities are. Yeah. So let's switch gears. Let's talk a little bit about the, um, about the, uh, musician side of everything and your creative process. Cause that's the stuff that I'm really fascinated with when it comes to musicians and other creatives is like, what's your process, Joe? Like when you're, when you sit down to write a song, like, let's talk about that. I want to know if you want to, if you want to tell us your, your alpha on that kind of stuff. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
2: So I get this question a lot and, um, it's kind of, I don't know. I, I used to write A lot back in the day like i was writing all the time Uh, and now i kind of only write when i I get inspired or like i feel like i've got something to say i don't try and just write for the sake of writing um i don't know if that's the right approach maybe i should try and force myself to write more because it is kind of like a muscle like working a muscle like the creative part of your brain um but no i wait till an idea hits me and then you know a lot of the time the the lyrics and the the melody will come together and that that's when the best songs are written. I think, um, and I like to write a song. Well, I like to try and start writing a song without an instrument, you know, either in my hand or side of the piano, because then the melody is just free to, to go where it wants to go. And, uh, it's not getting influenced by, by any chords or any harmony behind it. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I love co-writing also. I've, I've, done most of my co-writing out in nashville when i've been out there um, because it's a big co-writing culture out there um not so much over here but uh it's really hit and miss with co-writing but it's fun you know it's fun just to hang with people and like get to know people Uh, and then when you do get something great it's like you're both buzzing off each other and you can share the excitement of it um so yeah that's that's kind of it really do you
0: carry, like, a uh, a notebook around or anything like that, or your phone? Like, do you do memos, well, it, stuff like
2: that? or It goes into the phone as a voice memo normally, uh, or, you know, in the notes in the phone. And annoyingly, like, I seem to get, like, good ideas when I'm either in a public place on, like, public transport, or I'm driving, or I'm driving or something, and I've got to, like, keep singing the song till I get where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> not trying to record it while I'm driving, crash the car.
0: (laughs) You're like waiting in line at a coffee shop and you're like uh,
2: singing behind somebody. Exactly. Yeah, trying to be discreet about it, yeah.
0: Where do you think think those ideas come from? Because I I always find this fascinating with like other creatives and where they get their ideas. And do you think there's just some higher power that's connected to a lot of us? Because it does seem like there's different ideas will pop up to different people across the world sometimes. What do you think that is?
2: there's something quite mysterious about like songwriting sometimes where I know it sounds kind of strange, but some some songs I've written that I feel like I've just had to write down. I've not been thinking about it. They've like come to me and I've just had to quickly like scroll them down and, and it's almost been finished in like one go. And I'm like, how the hell did that happen? You know? And it's kind of like, sort of think like the song was given to me in a way or it was just there and I, and I just happened to catch it um, and I really didn't have to try for it um, but I p- could probably count on one or two hands like the times that has happened uh, doesn't happen enough annoyingly <laughs> but um, yeah I, I, I don't really know it's a part of it is tapping into like some sort of subconscious you know thing mm-hmm. and I find that sometimes when I'm like drifting off to sleep I'll have a good idea and I'm wondering, is that because my mind's really relaxed and it's like kind of falling asleep and there's like these ideas that are just churning on their own. So I don't know, maybe there's something to that. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know uh, uh, Rick Rick Rubin always talks about that kind of stuff. Like there's just like this zeitgeist that uh, some people just have a better antenna to and, um But yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Are, are there are there any artists out there that would when, when you when you look at like their type of career or how they did things is there any way that you get inspired from or um...
2: when I look at how they did things um I don't know I don't know like of any examples that spring to mind I mean like I don't want to be too like uh boring and cliche and just say, I'm, I'm, I'm not like a massive fan, but like Ed Sheeran, I I appreciate his like tenacity. And, um, I don't know, like if he was, as a kid was just super gifted or if he just like worked his ass off until he got where he, you know, could write how he, how he could write. And that connected with people. Um, and he was doing Apparently he was playing like 300 shows a year and stuff in the early days.
1: Wow! So when
2: you you kind of look at that, um, you think, well, fair, fair dues, you know, uh, someone that's been around that much and grafted that hard, it's kind of like, that's quite inspiring. Um, and there's, yeah, I mean, I guess there's two different types of musicians. The, the one that's like, um, just always constantly grafting away and then you have some people that is really natural with it and, and can just write and they don't know why. And it's kind of like, just a
0: you know superpower that was given to them somehow um yeah there's this um the, I, f- I forget which book it was but the the beatles actually did like their first two or three years they they did over like it was like a thousand shows or something it was some ridiculous amount and uh, i guess one yeah. of the one of the managers or one of them close to him said oh like why were they so popular why is because they spent like a thousand shows uh where they did it like a thousand shows in like two or three years in the very beginning in the early days just grinding yeah. it out well, they
2: yeah. kind of, like, cut their teeth in hamburg didn't they i guess and yeah um, and, and that's where they formed like that's how they were so tight because they were playing like eight hours a day or something ridiculous every day um and then when it came to them recording in the studio they could record an album in a day and it would be near perfect like like. Because like back in the day, you got to remember it was different. Where tape was expensive, when people were cutting to tape, you didn't, you couldn't start editing, and you couldn't, you know, keep trying again and again. Um, well, they could when they got to the end of their uh, career, but in the early days, they just had to like get it as close as they could in one take, and they'd all be in the same room. Um, and they could, yeah, they, I think like something crazy, like they got through an album in one day or a couple of days, and that's just a testament to how with the earth but that has come from doing it all the time
0: yeah yeah definitely cap- capturing lightning in a bottle um yeah what what sorts of uh what sorts of different directions do you see yourself going in creatively as far as like um just with your music or just just with your process this year like what what are you looking forward to as far as that or are you going to keep it the same
2: um so the Jetsons was a real one-off. Like, I don't think I'm going to go in that direction sound wise. Um, I kind of like wanted to write a song, uh, that was, um, had, you know, a tip of the hat to, to Bitcoin with Bitcoin messages in it, uh, and Nusta references in it as well. Um, uh, but, you know, not explicit, you know, that anyone that was in the space would know what I was talking about, but, um, Anyone else could just enjoy it as a song sort of thing. Uh, and I knew that I wanted it to be a bit more poppy and more produced, so I got a producer in on that. And He handled most of the stuff. I just played the guitar and sang. Um, and it was interesting, because I've not worked like that before. I've always been in the studio with, with a band around me. Um, and we've always sort of like, worked out the arrangements and everything. And, and I was very hands off with the Jetsons. I was like, this is a song, these are lyrics. And I kind of wanted it to sound like this. Gave him a couple of references and he just went and did it. And he, he got exactly what I was I had in my mind. So he did a good job. Uh, but I think going forward, uh, I've already started writing what I think is going to be the next album. Nice. And I don't know. I think it's going to be more like, more folky than the other one. The other one was quite, my first album was quite country. Um, and... Yeah. I, I, it's still too, it's too early, too early. to say. Are you, are
1: yeah.
0: you, are you thinking through like how you're going to do it live and stuff? Does that come into your creative process when you're creating an album or songs like that or no?
2: Yeah. So I kind of have to be, um, I, the songs I put out like have to stand up just with me in the acoustic. Cause at the end of the day, like it's expensive to take a band on the road with you. Um, so for the foreseeable for the next few years, at least I'm going to be doing mostly the most, most of the shows on my own, just my acoustic guitar. So the songs have to have to work in that setting. And normally when they've been written that way, um, you know, if, if unless you just throw a million and one things on it in the studio, it's still going to sound, you know, pretty good, but just an acoustic guitar. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's how it's going to be in the next album. It, it'll be able to work equally as well just with an acoustic but it's just going to be enhanced by what what the musicians do with it
0: yeah definitely yeah that's always going to be cool then you get different experiments could come out from that kind of session and or live right because you don't know how they're going to interpret it live i
2: I like i like having this i like gigging the songs for quite a while to let them bed in and maybe a few things will change maybe i'll get some feedback on them and um and it's quite good as well like i think maybe with the next album if I've got the resources to to do it is just spend a little longer in the studio with it um, and maybe sp- spend a bit longer thinking about the arrangements for it because, you know, studio time's expensive. So when you're in there, you're always looking at the clock and thinking like, right, we've got to get this done. Um, so the last album I kind of had in my head exactly how it was going to be and went in and we just, we just did it in a very short space of time, but it'd be quite nice maybe with the next one to, a bit of a breather when we're in there and you know figure out let, let maybe let the musicians chime in with some arrangement ideas and see where it takes us but who knows uh, we might record it later this year it might be next year i'll see i'll see
0: <laughs> I, i've seen a, i've seen a lot of really cool stuff come out of youtube lately where they're it's almost like they're doing a live concert but inside of a house or maybe it's a, a place that near their home or something like what, what I, is that a new trend that started Joe or is that something that's just s- slowly taken off? Cause I know there's, I see, do I don't know if like you mean, see that.
2: You mean like sofa concerts? Like yeah, that yeah, yeah. 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 House, house yeah. I think isn't, there's a thing called sofa sounds. Is that, is that oh, an American thing? Didn't that
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've been to one of those before, but I've seen more and more musicians and artists and bands like do, do something from their living room or they'll do a concert that'll premiere
2: like so so it'll be from like their own house or whatever yeah
0: yeah i've seen more and more of that lately. i guess once covid kicked off it like that kind of took took its own life form what do you think about stuff like that do you think that's um yeah
2: i don't know like when all that was happening during covid i kind of like was a bit late to that and i thought i'm not going to start doing that because everyone's just probably sick of live streams by now you know saturated um And I I don't, I I think I tried it, I think I tried it once and I didn't like it because the weird thing is you, you need that audience connection as the artist, like on stage, you need to hear the clap at the end of the song and you need to be able to like talk to the audience and maybe even have a bit of banter. But when there's just nothing there and you're singing into a webcam, it's, I don't know, it feels weird to me. I couldn't get into it. Um, yeah, it wasn't for me, but I mean, I don't know, maybe, um, we'll see more stuff popping up like that, especially if you can uh, do it in a value for value way, like plug in lightning into it. And I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. can see that. Take.
0: Totally. Uh, yeah. So uh, I know you said you're going to be going on tour this year. Are you going to go to like all the events here in the Bitcoin space? Or are you like, yeah, how are you looking through the year as far as like traveling and touring and stuff like that? Just so, so that people could know and maybe get tickets yeah, yeah. ahead of time.
2: So I've been invited along to, um, the, uh, Bitcoin Atlantis in Madeira, nice, which is really exciting. Um, everyone seems like they go to that conference. Um, so there's a music festival on the Saturday night, which I think is the second of March and, um, Theo Katzman from Wolfpack is headlining, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, uh, we're also playing me and my band are playing, Uh, there's a local band called Napa that's playing and the higher low is also playing. So that should be really cool. I'm in talks with them um, about potentially live streaming that um, in a value for value way, kind of like what Ainsley did uh, and Just Loud did with the concert the other week. Uh, Because I was like, you know, it makes perfect sense that a Bitcoin uh, conference that's got a music festival, let's, let's try and plug it into all these uh, podcasting 2.0 apps, you know, and, and, get it streamed. So that should be exciting. Um, it could be the potential of Nashville in June. Let's uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't say, I can't really say anything about that because I'm not really, not really made any plans, but dude, if you I'm played sure.
0: at the Bitcoin park, man, gosh, that'd be awesome.
2: But yeah, that'd be amazing. I think it, it only uh, started after I was last there. I, I was last there in 2018. So, yeah. If I go back, I'm definitely going to swing by there and pop and in.
0: Odell, if you're listening, let Joe play at Bitcoin <laughs> Park.
2: <laughs> any day, any
0: day. <laughs> it would just be cool. Like, or even if it's not near, but it's near there or somewhere around town, just like let the Bitcoiners know we'll all show up because everybody's going to be there yeah. that week for the conference anyway, you know?
2: Yeah. It seems like Nashville sort of like the second place after Austin, right? I, like I think it. so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I was like, when I saw that, I was like country music and Bitcoin coming together. That's just too good.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then after that, where are you thinking? Just cause you're, you're, you're out in, um, you're on the other, you're across the pond, right?
2: Yeah. So I've got a tour in April, a UK tour. Uh, so if any UK, uh, plebs are listening to this, uh, have a look on the website. Uh, I want some Bitcoiners in the crowd. That'd be cool. Um, and then I'm planning a tour again uh, in September. Uh, I'm just finishing that up at the moment. Um, and I'm sure I'll be back in Europe as well, uh, the Netherlands, at some point next year. Um, probably supporting the band that I was supporting last year. Uh, so it's, it's looking busy. It's looking busy. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some more conferences will pop up. I, I just want to go and play as much as I can um, and just meet people and experience it. Because um, I think the next couple of years is going to be pretty wild. Yeah, hopefully. totally. It's <laughs> yeah, totally going to be wild. Way. I think, um, yeah, I really think that value for value is an idea is going to start seeping through the culture. And it's going to, when people really start getting it, it's going to blow up in a good way, you know? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like like I said before, just looking back at 2023, how far uh, these like, uh, podcasting 2.0 and buy for value apps like Wave Lake have come along. Like if you just said, you know, when I first uploaded my first song to to um Fountain, uh that I, I don't think Wave Lake was even around then, but someone has said, Oh, this time next year, there's gonna be a music platform that does this and they're gonna have an, an app on uh you know Android and iOS and you're gonna be able to like just zap people from the app, I'd have been like, what? you know. So it's pretty cool to see how, how quickly that's come on so i i don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of years but it's going to be pretty, pretty cool
0: yeah I, I suspect just just back channel chatter I, I suspect either one of the big one of the big three will will do the valley for valley stuff whether it's spotify title or um, or even apple but I, I suspect that's going to happen within the next seven to 14 because honestly they'll get left behind and that's just the truth like yeah uh, i, I yeah. think
2: we're kind of like we'll we'll know that we're winning when when they have to sort of bend the knee and like give in (laughs) uh, to that and just just incorporate it, you know? Um,
0: Yeah, because the honest truth is like music is culture. I mean, music, art, all that stuff defines culture. And when talented musicians like yourself and artists like that, like when they start using these new type of innovative solutions for their art, Other people see you and they're like, that's cool. I want to do that too. Other artists see you and say, oh, that's cool. I want to do that too. And then before you know, there's a whole different type of, uh, different type of people, groups, fans, whatever you want to call them that, that, that want to be a part of that. And that's, I mean, we, we've seen it with the, with the iPod. You know, we, we saw it in the early days with that. And we saw it again when, when Apple purchased Beats, it's because they needed the culture. And um, the same thing's going to happen. They're either going to, get left behind and lose the culture or it, it's just, it's just the hard truth. It's like, if you look at history, it's just the hard truth.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean, it's going to be interesting when it kind of gets to a certain size. Um, like with it, I guess I've been thinking, you know, with life for value, um, and like even things like Nostra as well, like Zaps and boosts, um, it's always going to have to be, you'll probably know more about this than me. And I know you had Tony on your last episode Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you, you touched on this and I thought it was really good that you brought it up, but like um, to send really small amounts of Bitcoin, it needs to be custodial. Like, cause you can't, you know, you couldn't zap a new user 21 sats or whatever, because it wouldn't, you'd have to open a lightning channel uh, if you, if you were trying to do it in a non-custodial way. Right you'd have to open a lightning channel, which would cost a certain amount of you know, like 10,000 Tony, It takes hundred
0: K sets.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, so off straight off the bat, like it's all going to have to be custodial. Uh, I guess like looking out quite far, like, it's not a problem at the moment, but looking out far ahead when there's tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of artists all using these platforms is that like, um, is that, is, does that start to become an issue? Um, or like could there be like a Fedimint thing between where like maybe wave lake fountain get albi like all these wallets have like a federated thing between them so if you're sending things back and forth you know you're still doing it in a trust minimized way yeah rather than it all, rather than it all being fully custodial and all the sats just being on like one person's node or one company's node or whatever um I don't know. That's just something I think about every now and again. It's like a very long-term thing to think about. But. Yeah.
0: But it, you as an artist should be thinking about like how you're going to be paid and, and the money and, and the value that you're worth. Um, I think for me, I'm always, I'm always like a wait and see kind of guy. Like I'm always just like, cause I hang out with nothing but devs and experimenters and creatives and stuff like that. So a lot of this stuff is, is new. And, and it, for me, it, it's, I just, I've just seen enough to where I'm like, okay, cool. It's just, let's just wait and see what it turns into. Uh, give it time, let it breathe. I'm not, I don't have any bags to fill (laughs) or shill. So I have no dog in the fight. I just want the best, absolute best product. But to, to, to your point, I think, I think, I think the way it'll play out is just kind of watch the big players. Right. So like watch strike, watch Zebedee and then watch, I would even say watch Albie. And depending on what those three do, I would, I would say that's probably where the, the, the space will head or the ecosystem will head. Um, yeah. So it'll I be interesting. It's still,
2: yeah, It's still in its early days. So like the quickest, you know, solution that works is the custodial thing uh, to give people that feeling of it just working seamlessly and with small amounts as well. And I guess you can't really get around that whole thing of like zapping pennies worth of value in, in anything but a custodial way. So I guess that's a model that's going to be, at least
0: for the foreseeable. So, Yeah, that Albi team is really impressive. Um, Moritz and, and, and all those guys. Uh, just just seeing them over the course of three years, I'm, I'm realizing they're really ahead of, of the way they look at things. And they just work extremely fast, like really fast. Um, yeah. I also think Noster um, uh, Wallet Connect is another really important project that a lot of people inside the lab constantly tell me about. Um, yeah. and it'll be interesting sure. to see how the prism stuff plays out. Uh, cause I think that's a whole other product product on its own, but we'll see.
2: Yeah. I mean, like when I downloaded the, uh, Android, uh, app for Wavelake today, um, when you go to boost someone, it either prompts you to open a lightning wallet on your phone, but to do that every time you just want it to zap someone, it's quite tiresome. So I think it's good that they have built in Noster Wallet Connect cause you can just literally hit the button, it zaps you know, you set your amount and it's apps, whoever straight away. You don't have to leave the wallet or anything like that. That's the kind of like UX that people need. I think like hopefully like just over time, everything will get uh, abstracted away from the user and it'll just be like one click boost sort of thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think one of the biggest realizations for me when I first came into this space and started working in it was I, I didn't realize how uh, just a lot of these teams are either, you know, cash strap bitcoins you know like they just don't have enough uh people being able to help them they have a laundry list of things they need to do they have they have a roadmap and everything they just don't have enough capital to like really deploy out really fast solutions uh so for me i always try to show them grace because it'll it'll take them a little bit a lot longer than it would like a spotify or or title team to like do it within a weekend or
2: something you look like a guy that's never written a a line of code in his life so i'm not like uh you so, yeah, passing judgment or saying anything like that. You know, oh, I, I know people. you're not. So it's, it's kind
0: of like, it's like people asking yeah. you for your new album and you're like, Hey, what, what is it coming?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, you know, I'd love to see the, the thing for me as well with the value for value ethos is just that you can listen to it for free, but you're encouraged to, to send something. But it's like, I guess all these different platforms of businesses, like, yeah, they're built on protocols, you know, which will be around, but the, if they you know are hosting files and they're serving the data like they need a workable business model in the long term so like would it make sense for them to you know build into the app like presets that save to say like right I'm streaming a song if I listen to the whole song without skipping it to the next song surely I found value in that song because mm. I listened to the whole thing right if I didn't skip it I didn't turn it off I listened to the whole thing so like should the app like as soon as you open it up or as soon as you download it, have like baked in like 21 sacks a minute or like pick your number, like as the floor. Okay. You can always go into your settings and turn it off. I don't want to pay anything or I want to pay when I want to pay. But like, I think the big, the biggest thing maybe might be weaning people off the idea that stuff is free online. Cause that's kind of what has got us into the mess that we're in is people thinking that stuff is free when it isn't, when in fact they're the product because their data is getting harvested and sold back to them in the form of advertisement. So if we're going to go into like this purely like where you own your own data, but you know, you need to support these projects and these companies, like how are we going to like wean people off that idea of stuff being free and they, they actually need to give something back for it. I, I don't, I don't know.
0: Oh, this is a great, thing. this is great. Like what, what else? Yeah. yeah I, Totally. Yeah. I, 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 right. Yeah. Tell I, me no, no, what no, else, what no, else should no, they be focused on?
2: I don't know. Maybe like, um, I was just thinking about this today. Like maybe, like I said, if you listen to the whole song, it's just taking like 21 sats, 50 sats out a minute of your wallet or what, like a small amount. And then if you click the like button, so you want to sh- save it to your favorites. If you've, if you liked it enough to actually hit like and save it to your favorites, maybe that's another 21 sats. And you know that's an optional. You can always go into your settings and disable that. But I think people should be prompted to think, like people that don't get how it all works behind the scenes. People that are just new to it and they download the app, they should just be prompted to think, "Hey, like this isn't for free. Someone's having to pay for this." Like I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it's the education part. So maybe just having presets like that already baked in. I know um, there's a a platform called True Fans. Uh, They were called Pod Fans. They've changed the name to True Fans. They're doing a thing where you as the artist can decide what the song's worth or how many stats per minute your song's worth. Um, I mean, it's a cool idea. Like that works on their platform, but then because it's RSS and it's all open, you can listen to that song in another RSS compatible app and not pay. So, Mm. you know, There's always work work around. As soon as it's, you know, RSS, it's technically free. Um, But I think it's, you know, I think it's a a novel idea and it's just going to be a continuous experiment with all these different platforms to find the sweet spot, to find what works, to kind of abstract the complexity away, but also have something that's prompting people, like, this isn't free, you know. Because I'm always curious when I speak to, like, the founders of all these platforms and companies, like what's how, where's your revenue coming from in in the long term? Because we want these projects to stick around for the long term. As artists, we do. We we've got an interest in these platforms. We we want them to do well. They want us to do well. We want them to do well. We're all in this together, sort of thing. So how do we make sure that like, if it is completely optional whether you send value or not, how how do we make it that that? are they counting on like the few percent that we'll send? I, I don't know. It's still an open question at the moment, but I just find it interesting. To think That's
0: about. really interesting. It, 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 you know, I always bring up the past because it kind of informs me of, of what's going on in the present or in the future is, do you remember when Pandora came out? It, it might've been in the 2000s. And I, th- I think it was a reaction to the whole Napster thing. Even Spotify came out early, just in Europe, primarily alone. That might've been in the 2000s too as well, but what was interesting about those two companies and the different paths they took was, you know, the, and this is all in response to the a la carte and the free stuff that was out there, but Pandora took the route of placing ads inside of like a a playlist or just like a, just a, a radio kind of thing. And then Spotify at the time, I think they, they took the route of just allowing any, listen to any type of music, but for a, for a premium price every month. So it would be interesting to see some of these value for value apps where maybe when you, when you log in and you're hitting the playlist and maybe there's an ad that you have to listen to. And then that, that ad gets zapped to all the artists that are being used in that playlist. You would be in there along with other people whose, whose songs are very popular on those platforms. And then it would be interesting too, as well It's like maybe there's another feature where it's just like you get it, you know, listen to as much as you want from Joe's stuff from everybody's and then that's just like, all that Bitcoin just gets, uh, prismed out to, 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 everybody all at once. Or you could do the, the, the a la carte thing. And it's just like, when you listen to a song, zap it or stream it. So I think there's going to be interesting solutions and uh, different, I don't want to call them plans cause they're not plans, but just different comparative products, I guess.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was speaking to Sam Sethi at TrueFans and he was telling me about, uh, he was saying that advertisers, uh, that he's talked to seem really interested in the value for value idea from the perspective of like flipping the wallet around so that they're that the listeners are getting paid to listen to the advert from them. They find that really interesting because surely that's going to change the way advertising is done. Uh, anyway, I mean, um, now that it's possible, like for the longest time, people's attention has been a proxy for currency as Gigi says, and uh, attention's a really shitty proxy for currency. So if you can actually pay people to to listen to or engage with your advert, like I think that's going to be a whole new paradigm as well. But no, I agree. Maybe these platforms will have to have some level of advertising, wait and see, or it might just be completely kept afloat by, you know, generous listeners who want to give value back. Only time will tell. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's fascinating too, because when I look at like, a, I, I, you know, I do Thriller part-time just in my spare time and stuff. But um, what I look at is if you're an advertiser, why would you not go after the people that are making 50 to a hundred to a million sats per month? Like, why wouldn't you go to that, to that publishing company? It's clearly obvious. Like those people are paying to listen to something that they get for free. So those are the people you want to advertise to, not the people exactly. who not the people who are just spamming to RSS feeds and they get you know ten thousand listens. But when you look at their their actual the zaps, it's like less than whatever, like ten thousand. It's like no one's no one's going to pay for their stuff. Do you do you, I don't know. I I find that yeah. really weird. I
2: don't know why. It, I don't know. It, I think when you're in it, it seems like it's taking a long time to catch on. Yeah. you know but it's only been a, f- a few years like it's still so early um but it, i mean it, it, it's you know, like, like,
0: like somebody like you okay so let me give you let, let me, let me kind of express it your way now you have been zapped i don't know how much whatever the amount is right clearly you're an artist that you could make money to from or whatever so labels should come to you and be like joe let's 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 invest in you and let's like do this like for real what do you need let's get you well capitalized let's do this on the road all that kind of stuff because you proved that you can make money on your own like to me it's like the most obvious choice like it's it's clo- like if I'm if I'm trying to release a, a music product or something who am I going to go to I'm gonna go to Joe and be like Joe how much do I need to pay you for you to advertise my music product like I don't know. Does that make sense? Or is it just kind of, yeah. it's weird? Yeah, it does.
2: And I, I think as well, like the idea of value value is just so simple, a concept. And it's not really that sexy because it's just so, it's like, oh, I, I create good art or, you know, and if you like it, you send me value back. That's it. Like, it's quite simple, really. Uh, and I think a problem is it's been maybe in the general public's mind, if they hear, oh, you're sending Bitcoin through this. Um, they've got this whole like nft shit coinery being mm. mixed in with it uh, which That's is a real problem because it's just completely not anything to d- remotely to do with that you know i've i've sort of brushed past artists in the wild <laughs> out there that have done an nft thing or have talked about nfts and i'm like what are you doing you know i, I like to think that it's not malice in any way that they're just like don't know the difference or and like artists are struggling, like we're always trying to find ways to like, you know, uh, try new things and like, you know, find different revenue streams and that kind of thing. Um, But it's just like trying to explain to the average person that this is just like a completely voluntary thing. And it's just an easier and more superior way to get paid by people, like if they value what you do. and like, it's, it's so simple, but it's, and people get it when you explain it to them, but it's, it's not that flashy or not that sexy or anything, you know? Yeah. That's a, maybe, that's, maybe that's part of it.
0: I think, I think once somebody puts the metrics behind it, because guys, we love numbers. And uh, so I think once somebody puts the metrics behind all this and they start seeing how much these podcasts are actually making behind the scenes with the zaps and how much people like yourself are making behind the scenes, they'll start realizing, oh, wow, these people are actually valuable as far as like, Putting my advertisement in front of their audience because those are the people that already already have shown they will pay, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, and so they'll probably pay for my product as well. Uh, it's just so painfully obvious, but I think you're right. I think yeah. they're just they'll have to catch up, and then it'll be like, duh. <laughs>
2: yeah, hopefully it'll be obvious in the next few years. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm I'm looking forward to. Um, a kind of like different signal being brought back to, to music charts and like the, the wavelet charts are very like basic example of the top 40 of like, you know, like finding the signal through with a load of tracks being uploaded to a platform, what people are, are listening to, what they're, they're getting value from, what they're liking. Um, and it's just like, it's so much better than a like or a, sh- a share when you're attaching like economic value to, to, you know, a signal um it's just going to be really great to see how that changes things and as well like i'm excited at the idea of you mentioned it before like um prisms or splits or you know if if i make a playlist a really hot playlist that's that everyone loves and i share it and people go crazy for it and they're zapping all the artists on there that maybe i get like 5% or 1% all those stats because I put the playlist together and people found value in that playlist as well. It's just like, I don't know. There's, there's so much,
0: Yeah, so much you can do. It's going to be so great. I can't wait. Um, cool. We're coming up to the top of the hour. So I don't want to take up too much of your time, but let's run through rapid fire. I got I got like three questions just really okay. quick and then uh, they're going to be really fast. So you don't have to answer fast, but just, yeah. Favorite album okay. of all time. Sorry. Favorite album of all time.
2: Favorite album of all time. It's a hard one, I'm sure. How do you answer that? I'd say Rubber Soul, the Beatles.
0: Wow, really? Interesting. Yeah. Why not uh, Abbey Road or um uh, Sergeant Peppers?
2: I don't know. It just brings back maybe it's a nostalgic thing. Like I used to listen to that album in the car growing up as a kid so much, and it just whenever I listen to it, it just makes me feel great. Like brings yeah. back some great memories. So
0: Yeah. Revolver was also good too.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, they're all great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're all great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Who was your favorite Beatle?
2: I'd say George Harrison.
0: Yeah, totally, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you see the Get Back documentary? I
2: did, yeah. Gosh. It was at, yeah, it was that the Disney one?
0: Yeah, the Disney one.
2: Yeah, it's
0: great. Was there really anything well, that yeah. stood out to you that you were just like completely shocked by?
2: Well, it kind of showed how much McCartney dominated everything, especially at the start. And he pissed George off so much that he left. (laughs) I didn't know that he left um, for like two days or whatever. Um, but I guess like they were under such pressure, like having to get an album together in two weeks or something ridiculous, that they needed someone just to take charge and be like, this is what we're doing sort of thing to get, to get it done. Uh, but, I thought it was really well done. Was that Peter Jackson that did that?
0: Yeah, Peter he Jackson was. did that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Really good. Yeah.
0: yeah, it was really good. All right, next question. Um, how do you focus your your energy?
2: How do I focus my energy? Um, I try and pick a goal in the near future or midterm, and just be like, right, I've got to be ready for this. I've got to, you know, knuckle down and and sort of get my head together for, for whatever. So so what I'm focusing on at the moment is the Madeira conference, uh, getting a set together for that. And there's going to be a lot of new songs in that set. So I need to, you know, get working on that and, and get that polished. And then shortly after that is my tour. So again, that's the next milestone. So it's kind of like just picking out these milestones and just being, and just knowing, working back and knowing what you've got to do day by day.
0: There's this great uh, documentary I saw last night with Ron Howard. He's like a director. Uh, He's been doing it his whole life and he had this great quote. He goes, one of the great traps in life is dissipation of energy. He said, real power is when you focus your energy and when you apply your purest energy to what what it is you're trying to accomplish. I thought that was fascinating because he's had a whole career in Hollywood and been able to avoid all the trappings of it. So, um.
2: Yeah. And I think as well, um, like in today's age, there's so many distractions everywhere. Uh, with you know, social media and et cetera. So um, I think just guarding your time and, and just being very um, particular about what you spend your time on is really important. And it's easier said than done because it's just easy to keep checking Twitter and all these different things. Um, so that, that just takes discipline. Um, and it's, yeah, that's easier said than done.
0: <laughs> okay, last question. Um, if, is there any piece of art, any piece of music any painting, like any, anything that you wish you would have created, or you just, you're just in awe every time you see it, you're just like, ah, oh, gosh, is there anything like that? Or is there something that you're trying to do to give you the opposite? Is there something that you're trying to, to do that, that will be similar to something like that?
2: So I won't comment on art cause I cannot draw to save my life or <laughs> paint or anything like that. It's all uh, music related for me, but, um, Whenever I hear a really great song, uh, I'm like, man, I wish I'd have written that. That's <laughs> like, It doesn't even have to be uh, really complicated or anything, but just a very simple but very powerful idea or line or lyric. Um, but I'd say, like, oh, yeah. I don't know, my favorite song ever, one of my favorite songs, if not my favorite song ever, is Witch Tall Line Man by Jimmy Webb. So if, if I was going to say, right, what song do I wish I'd have written, I'd say... I'd say which to a man? Or maybe God only knows. Beach Boys. Oh wow! Gosh. But whenever I hear those songs, I'm like, how do you? How does? How do you even write that? That's just incredible. Yeah.
1: When I fall, fall in love, I know I'll fall to you. Love like a fire. The lights of the dark I know it will be true You're like an image Vivid in my mind As sweet as strawberry wine And like a dream You came to me At the perfect time Oh, the worst to let you know How I love you so, I won't need to find I'll tell you in due time, and ask you to be mine When the time is right You're the answer to my call, my other to console to be near you listen and hear you love you and hold on all the words to let you know how I love you so I won't need to find I'll tell you in due time and ask you to be mine when the time is right oh we say goodbye Wanna know the reason why it's getting harder Every time we do Wish we could take the moment while we can Cause love doesn't have a plan It's not bound by anything But the worst of let you know How I love you so I won't I'll tell you in due time, and ask you to be mine when the time is right. When.